All right, we are here. We it is uh, time for another another fantastic round of uh, Happy Hour Hangout podcast. Uh, I am Stephen, uh, and I am accompanied, of course, as always, by my man Trav. Trav, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. What a great uh, Father's Day this was, and uh, looking to hopping on here and having a couple beers with you and uh, unwinding a little bit from a full family filled weekend. What have you been up yeah. to, man? What a yeah! This is a great great day. Um, so it is Sunday. So it's Sunday fun day. Uh, it's Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, uh, man. So kind of a Father's Day special edition episode of the Happy Hour Hangout podcast. Um, my weekend has been great, uh, busy, jam packed, as I'm sure yours yours has been with uh, family time and um, just kind of running around and um just kind of yeah for sure getting, getting as much family time in as possible um definitely glad the weekend's over i'm pretty pretty drained so <laughs> same <laughs> it's nice to uh, kind of sit back and relax here with a with a couple uh couple beverages uh to kind of toast off the weekend and start the week Absolutely. off strong um so let's go ahead and kind of jump in here and do the taste test because uh, i'm definitely uh Excited for some of the things we're going to talk about in the episode. So, uh, do you want to go ahead and, and kick us off here for the taste test, Travis? Yeah, I sure will, man. I'm uh, I am drinking a, uh, a Tapestry Brewery Reactor. I love um, that can. It's an Amer. Yeah, it's a pretty cool uh, cool can. Um, I uh, I like this one. If you've uh, seen it out in the uh, at the um, liquor stores and whatnot it's uh it's pretty cool the reactor it's kind of like a nuclear reactor it's kind of the the vibe they're going for um and out of the top is coming hops which is kind of cool so it's an american ipa um so it's uh it's pretty good man it's a seven and a half percent uh alcohol uh 78 ibu so pretty pretty good one um it's brewed in michigan um from um tapestry brewing they're out of bridgman michigan I had to look them up on a map, man, to find out where exactly they were. But they uh, visually on a map, um, if you think Chicago up against Lake Michigan and then as um, kind of it curves down and then back up the coast of Michigan, they're in the southern point. So they're pretty close to Chicago, which I thought was pretty cool. But they're definitely a beach town. Um, A lot of the stuff I was finding online about them is that they're one of those summer destination type places where people will go and like, you know, they'll rent a uh, rent a house on the on the lake. And um, Michigan's got kind of that whole summer vibe thing going on along the lake, especially, which is kind of interesting because in the winter they get just pounded with snow. Um, right. So it's kind of a, a cool little deal they got going on there. Um, the only fun fact I was able to find about the brewery is that their one goal is to create excellent craft beer, <laughs> which sounds, uh, sounds kind of funny, uh, obvious, simple and effective. I love it. Yeah. And that's really the only thing they have about us in the, on their webpage. So I couldn't find anything about like when they were founded, um, Bridgman, Michigan is a very small town. It's got like less than 3000 people living there. Um, so there's not a ton of, uh, famous people or other fun facts to throw out there other than their location. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. Um, they're, they're obviously brewed in Michigan, like I've said, but they have made their way down here into the St. Louis, um, Friar Tuck and, and places like that. I think this is at the craft cellar too. So, um, pretty good distribution obviously with it too, but yeah, really tasty beer. Seven and a half percent. It's got a pretty good punch to it, but it's not too strong. So, um, yeah, overall I'm happy, happy with this, uh, with this taste test. So what are, what are you drinking, man? Actually, I know what you're drinking cause I saw the notes and I'm, uh, I have a fun personal story about this place. So I'm, I'm curious. I want you to do your thing and then I'll chime in. 
well, I am excited for that. But first, before I jump into that, I never thought I would hear the the phrase um, "beach town" and "Michigan" in the same <laughs> sentence. So thank you yeah, for yeah. You, thanks for you, creating uh, that into my life. I really appreciate so, that. Yeah, so I was kind of surprised by that too. But you, I've known some people that that's where they like go. Like my my family is big into like Gulf Shores or Panama City, those types of places right. down along the you know Panhandle and down into the Gulf. But I've known a couple people that got super like into going to um, going to Michigan, and they'd go up there and you know spend a week there instead of you know I'm sure you're certain you've heard people doing that or going up to Wisconsin, but um, but yeah. Beach town and in Michigan, <laughs> beaches in Lake Michigan, beaching, but uh, fun still nonetheless. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, for my taste test, I'm actually really excited for this because this place is uh, becoming one of my favorites um, to kind of go to and get a beverage at. But beers is called the Old Bakery Citrus Wheat, kind of an old school style can. Um, in my opinion, really resembles the town that this place is in, which is in Alton, Illinois, and. <clears throat> It's, uh, it's Old Bakery, uh, like I said, in Alton, Illinois. Um, they're one of the only certified organic craft brewers in the country, which is very interesting. Mm. All of their ingredients are kind of on an organic level. Um, 4.7% ABV. It's kind of how I roll. I like to keep it in the mid fours, maybe upper fives. Uh, 20 IBU, so it's uh, it's not very tart. It doesn't have that, that bitterness <laughs> taste, so uh, I'm also pretty big on that. So, uh, But this place is super cool. It's right, kind of right off the highway. You can kind of, um, you know, if you're familiar with Missouri and Illinois, uh, you can see the river basically from this brewery, um, you know, going into Missouri or coming into Illinois. Uh, it's a pretty interesting story. I won't take a whole lot of time on it, but essentially this beer brewery started in 2015 uh, after the founders of Old Bakery were introduced to an old colonial colonial bakery building in Alton, Illinois. Um, so part of this building started its life as a bakery in the late 1800s. There was a fire in 1929 um, and it had to go through a series of remodels, additions, and changes in ownership. So then the building kind of, the bakery shut down um, up until uh, at ni- in 1980. Um, from 1980 to 2015, it was just kind of empty. Um, and so the, the founders loved this building, instantly bought it, put a brewery inside of it, but they continue to try, they, they say they continue to try and keep the, 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 the building's history and the bakery kind of alive and well, so that whenever you go in, you know that it at one point was a bakery. Uh, and then of course, because it was an old bakery, that's where the name of the brewery kind of came into play. Um, this place is a lot of fun. Uh, my wife and I will purposely drive all the way out there, um, which if you're not from this area is right around probably 45 minute drive uh, from the city of St. Louis. So it is kind of a haul, uh, but it's definitely worth to go out there. Um, so this one obviously is kind of light um, doing this here in in a nice little pint glass. You can see that Ooh. beautiful, uh, beautiful color there color. on yeah. the beer. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's delicious. It's up there with like the, with the lining kugels of the world, uh, and those kinds of beers. Um, and I, just, I can't say anything else better about it. I love it. So, uh, cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. Yeah. I, uh, so my, my story about old bakery, uh, brewery 
without getting too personal um, and, and name dropping is in my prior job, I, uh, I sold pharmaceuticals and yep. uh, I covered that area. Well, one of the, the physicians that I had in my territory is a silent owner slash investor in this particular brewery. No um, and as yeah, as the uh, as the kiss ass that I was every time I had lunch with him, I would go into this place and this is where I would buy lunch. And so I, over the years, I have bought, I mean, 10 to 12 lunches out of this place is probably not an exaggeration. And uh, it is um, well worth the visit if you find yourself over in Alton, whether it's um God, what am I blank? I'm blanking on that outdoor place that uh, is super popular. Fast Eddie's. Uh, yeah, Fast Eddie's. Yeah. So if you're over there at Fast Eddie's um, and you want to slow it down, get inside, get a little AC, certainly walking through this place is pretty cool. And and like you said, you hit it right on the head with it being kind of an old bakery turned, yep. uh, you know, brewery. It's pretty neat. They have these giant glass windows that you get to see like right out into where they're um, actually making the beer, which is pretty cool as you're walking back towards, you know, their tap room and restaurant. So anyways, a fun fact, I, uh, I have a, a semi-personal professional relationship with uh, the, uh, the science, silent owner slash investor. So if you're listening to this uh, and, and uh, I don't want to name drop you, I don't want to put you on blast, but <laughs> we certainly could talk sponsorships. That's all I'm gonna throw out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we got to keep that uh, relationship alive. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Now, so that's, that's it. That's great. So that's our that's our taste test for, uh, for this um, episode of the podcast. So, um, so obviously it is we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, it's Father's Day today, um, and so you being a newish father, this is your second Father's Day. You get to celebrate yep. being a dad, and I really wanted this episode to kind of really celebrate dads um and the men that 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 we get to kind of honor being a father um and so what i wanted to do was i wanted to i kind of put you on the spot here with this but i wanted you to kind of drop us some travis neal dad wisdom uh and tell myself who is not a father yet uh but all the dads out there uh in your opinion what does it mean to be a father so travis you have the floor blow me, <laughs> thank blow you me, blow me away here <laughs> this is uh, this is quite a loaded question, and I'll start by saying that there's a bunch of people that um, certainly are better better equipped to answer this. I'm uh, like you said, 18 months into this, so I will give you my best uh, best version of this. But um, to me, um, being a father, and I'm a uh, hashtag girl dad, uh, as uh, as I think is popular to say now uh, from the late Kobe Bryant. But um, especially with raising daughters, in, in my opinion, it's it's all about showing um, showing your daughters what it is to be uh, a high quality man. And so for me, a lot of that has to do with how they see me, um, you know, interact with them. But almost more importantly, in my opinion, it's how they see me interact with their mom you know, my wife and, um, my, my whole goal and outlook with dad being a father is, um, I want to be the best version of myself, um, as to set an expectation for what they should expect in their life. Um, in hopes that that would be something that they would, um, find admirable and something in a future spouse and partner in their, their own mind. That's kind of sort of something that they're looking for. And by, you know, Leading by example, I think it's been one of the better things for me in my personal life just because I feel like it's like pushed me to be, you know, the best version of myself, whether it's, you know, going for uh, going for promotion at work, going for something professionally that may be outside of my my quote comfort zone and grass, knowing that, 
you know, an added increase in, you know, income or salary, what that would mean for my family. And so I just like professionally, I find myself striving more. Um, I feel like on a, you know, health wise, other than drinking, uh, three or four nights a week with you, Steve, I feel like, uh, I've got kind of an extra motivation to lead the way in a, um, healthy and sustainable lifestyle there too. And so, um, all in all, I think being a father is all about leading by example. Um, you know, it's easy to sit and, you know, with a 12 year old, you can certainly sit and talk to them and tell them what is right and what's wrong. Um, but assuming you're around and have an active, um, input and insight into their life, they're really going to be judging you off of what you do. And so, um, you know, that's, that's what it's about. It's about, being the best version of yourself and leading by example in, in all situations. And I think the parents that are the best at that mom and dad, they're, they're doing that. And so, um, I don't know, 18 months in that's, that's kind of where I think I think about, and that's what I land on. If you ask me in 18 years, maybe I have a completely different answer, but I think, um, <laughs> certainly setting them up for, um, the bar of what I want them to expect out of a, uh, a man figure in their life, whether it's a relationship, a spouse, partner, even friends. I, I want it to be of a utmost high character person that's striving for the best. So try to live that every day, really. Well said. I, uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was, I thought that was great. That's um, only half a beer in too, Steve. Give me, we can circle back to that at the end after I finish the second beer. Maybe I'll give you something a little better. <laughs> we'll we'll save it for the Just closing. Kidding. We'll save it for the closing rant. What does it mean to be a father? Part two. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, no, uh, I I thought that was great. I love that. Um, you know, obviously I I'm not a father yet. Um, you know, but I I look forward to that that journey, and it definitely uh, brings uh, me joy watching you have to handle not one but two um, little girls. Um, knowing the kind of person that you are, it's, a, it's, it's not only comical uh, to watch, but it's also endearing to watch. So um, I enjoy it. I look forward to be, you being able to celebrate many, many more father's days. So I appreciate that, buddy. Um, so obviously I am for those that have listened to this show, I'm the fun fact guy. So when we, when we get to have days like today, you know, we did kind of some of this with uh, um, Memorial day, um, so I, I looked up a bunch of, uh, let's just call it Father's Day fun facts. Um, stuff that honestly I, I was very interested in learning about. Um, and so I'm going to kind of share that stuff with you here. So Father's Day fun fact number one. Did you know, Travis, that the nation's first Father's Day was celebrated on June 19th, 1910? And no. a state... It was uh, celebrated in the state of Washington, um, but it was actually not until 1972, uh, which was 58 years after the after President Woodrow Wilson made Mother's Day official, um, that, that, that this day actually became a nationwide holiday. Um, so they started celebrating Father's Day in 1910. It really wasn't recognized in, to be a national holiday until 1972, which, honestly, if you think about it, really isn't that long. I mean, our parents were alive before yeah, it became a national holiday, which is kind of cool. Um, fun fact number two: Father's Day was invented by Mrs. Sonora Smart Dodd, who wanted to honor her father, a veteran who had, as a single parent, raised uh, six children. So, wow, that's pretty that's interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Um, here's this is the funnest fact of all facts. Uh, according to greeting card makers Hallmark, uh, our favorite place to buy cards from. 
Uh, Father's Day is the fifth largest card sending holiday. That's interesting. Fifth sending. That one kind of blows my mind, and I, off the top of my head, I'd be hard pressed to um, rattle them off in order. Maybe that is okay as far as a stat. I'm, I'm thinking, what, what order without? And we don't have the list here, but just spitballing here. Valentine's Day has to be on there, right? You would think, you would think Christmas would have to be Christmas cards. That's a very big one. Christmas has got to be number one. And I yeah. Bet- I bet Valentine's Day is a close number two. Uh-huh. Uh, and then number three would probably be birthday. Mother's Day. I, w- I would All go right. with birthday with Mother's Day coming in fourth. Okay. But this is largest car- holiday, so birthday wouldn't factor in. So you'd have you would That's have, fair. That's you'd have Mother's Day as three. Wait, what, what other card holiday do you think there is? Do you think people? I mean, I don't know about you. I'm pretty bad at this kind of stuff, so I don't send a ton of cards generally. If my wife wasn't keeping track of this, I probably wouldn't. Certainly, wouldn't have a Christmas I, card designed by me. Is call me, what I'm saying. Call me crazy, but I am willing to bet it's Halloween. Halloween. That is fascinating. Okay, go on. I'm gonna get it on this one. Yeah, sorry, I didn't do enough due diligence this weekend to have the list. I should have, and I, I'll, I'll remember to be better from here on out. But uh, fun fact number four. In Germany, Father's Day is celebrated differently from other parts of the world. Uh, Monertag, which is uh, German for Men's Day, is celebrated by getting drunk with wagons of beer and indulging in regional food. Police and emergency services are in high alert during that day. I wanted to keep that note in there. So I uh, <laughs> thought that was kind of a funny thing to, to add on here about uh, two dudes that like to drink beer with each other. <laughs> so yeah. If we ever go to Germany like the, for men's yeah. day, we know what we, we know what we're doing. So yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and then uh, our final one, which I, I really uh, think is super interesting that I think everybody should be aware of. Traditionally, fathers should be given the gift of either a white or red rose. Because the rose is the official flower for Father's Day. Hmm. But each but each uh, color actually signifies something. So we're wearing a red rose signifies, signifies a living father, while a white one represents a deceased father. Um, I found that so crazy interesting that I never yeah. knew anything about that I wanted to put on there. Yeah, that fun fact seems to be one of those ones that was like could potentially be dying and going away. Mm-hmm. Like I think personally, if uh, if my wife gave me a rose, I would probably have that kind of wait. What's this for? Why why do I need this? Why did you go to the flower store? You know that kind of thing. So um, unfortunately, I think that um, the next generation maybe maybe it's still floating around there right now. But the next generation, I would guess that that one may be a. We'll need a new new thing. I got IT on it. Do you want to know which one we missed? Ooh, yes. Let's do this. And so number one is Christmas. Awesome. Number two is Valentine's Day. Sure. Number three, Mother's Day. Okay. Uh, number four, this is an old list. This has got Father's Day four, and then number five, Easter. Ah, oh, damn. Did you, did you as a kid Easter? or do you now send out Easter cards or buy uh, Easter cards? I receive Easter cards all the time. Or I did. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm not a freak. I don't get them now, but um, <laughs> I have never, I have never once sent an Easter card unless I am told by my mother 
to get to one. do it. Yeah. Okay. But now that I'm a grown ass man, I don't do those things. So, but that's interesting. I didn't even think that about is. Easter. I, I didn't for either. some reason wanted to think that it would be Halloween because Halloween has got kind of the most creative and animated uh-huh. stuff. But Easter, there it is. Thanks Easter to the guys at IT so. for for getting that squared away for us. So now that we have the list out there, all you other major holidays like Fourth of July and Thanksgiving <laughs> and Halloween, step up your games, all right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so I wanted I wanted to move in with something uh, of just like a really quick story. So I thought of this this weekend, and I think it's perfect because as you know, you and I are getting older. Um, you know, we're in our 30s now. You're a new dad. Um, you know, I, you know, my wife and I will have kids at some point, um, and so you know, continue to get older. Things are constantly changing. And what I noticed over the weekend was something that made me realize that so much has changed just in general for us from the fact of when we were 20 in college being degenerates to now being, you know, 30, you know, you're 31, um, you know, having to be a, a fully functioning, responsible adult slash father. Uh, and what made me realize this was I found out this weekend that I'm allergic to eggs. Are you kidding me? Swear to God. How did that come about? And what kind of how what kind of allergic are we talking about? Are you eating an omelet and you're going into respiratory arrest? Or what, what how allergic are we talking? Not not that extreme. So my mom has this. Um, it's uh-huh. actually on her side of the family, um, where they have she actually has a little bit of allergic reactions to things like uh, eggs, tomatoes, um, oh god, there was something else too. I think chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> I noticed that I had some eczema on my leg and uh, a couple weeks ago and my family gets that from time to time, you know, put some ointment on mm-hmm. it. It's going away. Well, it wasn't, wasn't going away. And obviously since we're, you and I have been working from home as most of the world has, I've been cooking a lot more eggs mm-hmm. and you know, full disclosure, eggs is one of my favorite things of all time. Like, yeah, they're fantastic. You know, you and I would eat in the college cafeteria and every day it was eggs. Like that was breakfast, like nonstop five, six days uh-huh. a week were eggs. And so, you know, I, whenever I cook breakfast, it's, it's always eggs. I don't really do anything with pancakes or anything like that. So I was telling my parents about this and they were you know, that how I couldn't get rid of this, this, this thing on my leg. And they basically told me, have you, you know, how, how often you've been eating this and this and this? And they brought up eggs. And I was like, oh, well, I eat eggs all the time. And they go, well, I bet you are allergic. You should take like a week off from eating eggs. So I did. Uh-huh. And by the end of the week, uh, and it was actually this week, so up to Saturday morning, yesterday morning, my leg was almost completely gone or as far as this the, that eczema. Uh-huh. And I was like, you, you've got to be kidding me. This is almost horrifying news in my entire life and so i took my family to brunch on saturday and obviously whenever i go to brunch i get an omelet so i got an omelet and within probably three hours of eating that you could see that the stuff was coming back on my leg so (laughs) (laughs) the most harrowing just situation is that was one of the things i love more than anything in the world which is eggs that i have to now be more diligent about when eating because my leg will break out in a very itchy kind of kind of rash, which led me to this kind of segment, uh, you know, talking about differences of what we were like at age 20 to where we are now, which is 30 and 31. So 
I just gave you mine, which is I'm now allergic to eggs. I have to use egg whites now for everything. Uh, you tell you tell me one of yours that you've noticed that you're like, wow, that definitely wasn't like that for me at age 20. That's uh, all right. So I had no idea where you're going with this segment. Uh, my my notes just said difference between 20 and 30. So I uh, <laughs> I got nothing quite like that, Steve. But um, I uh, you know two things kind of come to mind. The first is with. Um, with with partying and and more more specifically the theme of uh, the the underlying theme I guess of our podcast is is beer and um, when I was twenty going out and hanging out for all hours of the night no problem uh, no issue at all very rarely did I wake up and just like oh my god I got to lay around all day I've noticed since doing this podcast when we're doing the the interviews we'll typically jump on me and you you know, 25, 30 minutes ahead of time, right. kind of get our mind right questions, blah, blah, blah. Well, we're having a couple drinks there. The, uh, we know we hit the record button with the guest and we go two or three beers then. And, you know, all said, I'm probably four, maybe max would be five beers in on, uh, on something like that. And, uh, when I wake up the next morning to get ready to, to get going with work or whatever, it's a little bit slow. And, uh, that's something at 20 that, I mean, Flat out, I mean that that would have been a joke when I was twenty. Is like, oh, five beers. I mean, what what are we doing? That's a <laughs> that's a warm up. That's just hanging out at the house. So, you know, that's that's nothing. So that kind of came to mind. And then the second thing I was I was thinking of when I saw this when you sent this over to me is just like responsibility, right? So like through a lens at twenty, I felt like I was one of the more responsible people in my like age group and and like what I would deem acceptable for myself and just like getting shit done and all, all these other things. I always felt like I was fairly responsible. And now I look back compared to being responsible now for like a family and kids and all the other responsibilities that just like have mounted as I've gotten older. And I think back and at like 20, I was nowhere close to responsible. It just kind of felt that way. So, um, I don't know. Those are certainly not eczema related egg stories, but, um, Still, uh, that's kind of the two things that popped in my mind. Do you have anything else, Steve, that you can notice is a big difference between 20 and 30 for you? Um, I have a couple. None as awesome and juicy as that eczema story I just told you. <laughs> that's classic. I can't believe that. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm a night owl. I, uh-huh. uh, I, I, I stay up late compared to most. Um, I even did it last night. I stayed up till 2 a.m. just because I was watching something that it was like a new show I started and was like, you know what? I'm just going to sip on some bourbon and just kind of see where this goes. <laughs> um, but I find myself um, really hitting a wall a lot sooner if I stay up late than I used to when I was 20. When I was 20, I uh, used to work in a computer lab in at college, and I would work kind of the night shift. And so I would work in these computer labs until like 12 a.m., 1 a.m., and, and then I would go back to the dorm, probably stay up another hour and go to bed and then get up at seven to go to my eight o'clock class. And I did that easy and I could, I could do that four or five days a week. If I do that stuff now, um, I can't, I, there's no way there, like, there's no way it like kills me. It kills me. Um, you know, so for example, today I stayed up late, um, and I was up at 7.30, and by 10 o'clock, I was like, oh, my God, I need a nap. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, it's Father's Day. Didn't really have time to do that, and so I just kind of had to suck it up and deal with it. Um, but I know my 20, 20-year-old 20 me would have had no problem with stuff like that. Um, Steve, 
That's, Steve, that's not cool. to not to interrupt you, but do you remember when we lived together freshman year? I'm trying to remember as you were you were talking. Was I always did I always go to bed super early back then too? You were the first one to go to sleep at every time. <laughs> I was trying to I was thinking about it actually as you were talking that and then Chelsea and I were talking about it not that long ago about I'm still like that, honestly. Like it makes me kind of uncomfortable to be up past nine o'clock. Like even like tomorrow, I you know, I'm working from home tomorrow, but I'll be you know, I have a first calls at like eight thirty or something like that. But like very, like relax. I mean, I'm not going to be video conference or anything like that, so I don't even have to wake up and shower or anything like that. But just like nine a.m. or nine p.m. Excuse me. It's like all right, I should probably be under the covers, uh, lamp off, maybe <laughs> reading something on my phone, maybe. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, that's. I'm glad to know I was like that back then too. I was having a hard time remembering specifics. And see, I I'm almost uncomfortable going to bed at nine o'clock right now. I get this mm. weird I get this weird thing, and I don't know if maybe it's like my mind starts flowing um, late at night or something because you know <laughs> as the day's winding down. So I almost get like a second wind at around eight eight thirty, and so I mm. have to stay up to like ten ten thirty, maybe even eleven o'clock before I can actually like close my mind and close my eyes to go to sleep. And so that's fascinating. Yeah. So our enterprise days, I was going to bed at eight 30, but that's because we'd get up at 5 AM to go work 16 hour days. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. But, but you know, now that we don't have to worry about that stuff, I, I can't, I can't do that. But <clears throat> I, uh, I have a bunch more, honestly, that I, I, I don't want to bore a lot of people with, uh, cause <laughs> it's just going to, it makes it sound like we're just going to be a bunch of people complaining about the fact that we're getting older. So <laughs> the old get off my lawn guys. Yeah. Let's yeah. not, let's not play uh, that card yet. <laughs> I can't wait to be that guy. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll kind of move on here. And so we'll kind of finish off the show, uh, to go over, uh, some headlines over the week, uh, something that we've been doing, uh, for a couple weeks, uh, had some pretty good feedback from it. Um, really kind of enjoy talking about this. We did a little special this, this time. Um, so typically we share the news stories or the headlines that we want to talk about. And then we kind of do our research before the show to talk about it. Well, what we did was we came, we found some that we thought were the most interesting and we actually haven't told each other about them at all. So it's going to, some, we're going to be kind of going in blind here and let the other kind of go into it. Um, so before we get started, I, uh, I need a, I need a new beer. So let me pop this top real quick. <clears throat> oh, all there right. you go. Yeah. So like now that. we're ready. Um, so this is, this was your idea, Traff. So I will, uh, how about you go first and, uh, give me your first headline. Yep, we're going. Uh, we're going something that I thought was pretty interesting. So today, um, did you happen to see Clint Boyer's car that he raced or was trying to race today? They got a little bit of rain down there in Talladega, but uh, did you see his uh, car that he um, did with Barstool? I did not. It is something fierce. Um, so on. On the hood, so Barstool, um, for those that don't know, are, um, they've got a bunch of like funny t-shirts and things like that. But one of their things that they're um, famous for, especially years ago, was one of, the, I think, probably one of their first really popular shirts was the back-to-back World War Champs. You remember oh, seeing that, Steve? Love that shirt. So on the hood of Clint Boyer's car, the number 14, he's got back-to-back World War Champs on the actual hood of the, uh, of the car. Which I think is, which is pretty funny, and it's like a red, white, and blue. It's got uh, blue stars all over it. Um, 
kind of the red, white, and blue from like the stripes kind of thing going on. Right. Um, and then down the corner panel towards the back end of the car, it has um, USA undefeated since 1776, which is another <laughs> one of their funny shirts about how, you know, they won their, you know, America won the independence and all that stuff. And so that's down the driver's side uh, quarter panel. On the passenger side, it says too big, too strong, too American uh, in the same spot. So again, this is a very patriotic um, decaled out car, um, which is just this whole thing is just kind of funny to me. Clint Boyer is a uh, he's a pretty funny, outspoken. Um, he definitely leans uh, certainly um, conservative Republican, um, which I think kind of plays along with the barstool shtick, um, right. for being honest. But so like this is just kind of a match made in heaven. But dude, this car is pretty sweet looking. Uh, it's got bald eagles on it in two separate places, which is pretty cool too. Um, and then it's got the barstool sports logos <clears throat> kind of everywhere over it. But he was uh, he was trying to uh, trying to race it in the the race today in Talladega, and they got quite a bit of rain down there. But um, Pretty interesting. I don't know. I think well worth the uh, the Google search if you're hearing this going. Oh, this sounds like an interesting car. Take a peek. It's well worth it. That is so cool. I I I love the the presence that Barstool has these days. Um, I do too. I think anybody that does stuff that's media related, whether it's um, you know journalism, podcasting, radio, just anything like that, I think they all strive to follow in Barstool's footsteps. Um, Cause I mean, they're just an absolute giant now. And the fact that it's a NASCAR driver had, had this stuff painted on his car, all just hilariously awesome sayings of, you know, uh-huh. things like back to back world war champs. Like that's, that's one of my favorite things in the world um, is, is super <laughs> cool. So I, 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 kudos, kudos to Clint Boyer, kudos to NASCAR and uh, kudos to uh, Barstool sports because you continue to knock it out of the park and keep me entertained at all times. So absolutely. Um, my headline is not as fun as the one you just talked about. Um, so obviously there were UFC was on last night and there is a video um, of, of, of a fighter that was trying to, that was basically pleading to his trainer to call the fight. <clears throat> have you, uh, have you had a chance to watch this by chance yet or hear I, about I it? I haven't. No, I haven't even heard about it. So the fighter is named Max Roscoff. And he, um, I think it was right after round two, and he's sitting on the stool, and his trainer's there with a mask on, and he's telling um, his trainer, just call the fight, that he was done. Well, the trainer basically was like, no, you got this. You can do this. Basically just kind of pushing back on him the whole time of, no, you're going to get up and fight this guy because you can win. (laughs) Um, And if you listen to the whole thing, he basically says, "Call, call the fight nine times. And it isn't until the referee that comes over to see the two gentlemen realizing something's like something's not right. Um, does the trainer be like, all right, yeah, let's, let's call the fight. Um, it's really weird. It's kind of scary. It's a little eerie to kind of listen to, uh, mm. especially because you can hear it so clearly because there's no fans in the stands. And so you listen to these two people that are in a, in a, in a ring and, you know, one's like, look, I got to I'm done. Like, call this fight. And the other one's like, nah, man, get your ass out there and 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 beat this guy. You can you can take him. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of scary. It's, it, it kind of uh, puts yeah. things into perspective because I think sometimes people forget that this is a very dangerous sport. Uh, you know, this UFC and boxing as, as well are very violent and. 
people have died um, from from these things. Um, and so, you know, they always, you know, UFC has always preached, um, you know, ultimate safety no matter what. Um, and this is definitely one of those situations where this guy was not in a safe situation and needed to be taken out. Um, luckily, he did. He was able to call the fight, and he's all right. Um, which is kind of weird and it's just kind of not something you see in UFC. I mean, everybody's these alpha males that are trying to beat the living shit out of each other for five minutes at a time and, and just kind of be the best of the best. And this guy's look, I had enough. And this trainer was like, no, nah, man, my paycheck's riding on this. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, a, it's, I don't know. It's a surreal thing. I definitely encourage you to, to either listen to the audio or, or watch the video. Cause it's pretty, uh, it's pretty eerie listening. That, uh, that kind of reminds me of the, um, this would be pre the concussion stuff that came out with the NFL, but kind of remind, as you're telling that story, kind of reminded me of like uh, early two thousands and before you certainly would see the, you know, coach, Hey, get back in there, man. We need you. You're the linebacker. You're dazed and confused. You don't even know what down it is, but you know, they've kind of forced you back into the game, so to speak. Um, sounds similar here. I'd be, I'd yeah. be curious to see how this over the, the coming years they'll address head injuries in, in UFC because it's certainly a dangerous sport. I mean, flat out, I mean, you could get kicked in the wrong spot and die. I mean, it's that, I mean, it's that brutal of a, of a sport. So, well, I mean, there was um, an incident last year in boxing of the guy that, that had uh, received a brain injury in the middle of a fight and collapsed. And then he, he died uh, soon after that. I mean, it's, mm. it's a dangerous sport and, you know, and, and especially when you're getting repeated blows to the, to the face, um, you just gotta, mm-hmm. you just gotta make sure you take care of yourself and not, not take any chances. For sure, for sure. My, uh, my next headline, which I, I think is, is interested, and I know we've, uh, we've done our fair share of COVID stuff, and um, certainly don't want to beat a dead horse. But this article came out of CNN um, earlier today about uh, more young people across the South are testing positive for coronavirus, um, and. Some of the stats in here, dude, are, are pretty pretty alarming. Um, they're looking at the shifts in demographics in uh, parts of Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, and Texas, um, which are some of the first states that have began to reopen. And what they're finding um, is that in a number of these states that the average for folks under 30 um, have made up the majority of new cases. And so in Texas in particular, um, that was something that they – they found to be the case in, in Florida. Um, in one of the week's data, um, 62% of new cases um, were f- from folks 45 years and under. Um, so wow. I think that, that that was kind of a, a little bit alarming because I think when this whole thing first started rolling out, man, it was all about, um, you know, elderly folks and, and people in, um, you know, in a nursing home and in places like that. Right. But a lot of this stuff is pointing towards people that are younger. And so my question to you is as more and more data becomes available for younger people, if younger folks are, are catching COVID, um, what's this mean for the rest of our summer? Um, what's it mean for the state of how the country views COVID? And what do you think, what do you think if any thing is going to change or are we kind of on this slope now of, Folks are tired with the social distancing and nobody wants to close the economy. And so we're just going to we're going to face this head on and just kind of face the music. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this stuff. Do you have any what do you think about this, man? Oh, boy. Um, God, where do we begin on this one? Um, <laughs> you know, 
every month we've always we've been saying this since this happened it's always it'll be interesting to see what blank Mm -hmm. month um looks like um Uh it'll be especially interesting to see what july is going to look like um and just because you know we're looking right around we're kind of past the midway point of june at this point um you know, you've seen the uptick in in several states um, of their COVID cases up, jumping up around twenty percent, um, and you know others maybe that haven't seen as many of as much of an uptick and, and you know while they're they're doing their reopening process, and and so I think I think July is really going to be a testament to what the rest of our year is going to be like, which really sucks because I mean we still got after July. I mean. I know six six more months you know right. five five more months of, of the year and it could really dictate what our fall and holiday season is going to be looking like um I think that this is a testament that for anybody that thinks this whole thing is some uh conspiracy to for government to control everybody is crazy uh just on this alone um you know I, I think that obviously because there is better access to testing these numbers are going to go up no matter what, whether we were still in lockdown or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, this is a very real thing and people need to just, I mean, just be smart about things, you know? So, you know, my wife and I went to Table Rock Lake, which is in the Branson, Missouri area. We didn't wear masks, but we were socially distant most of the time. Um, I don't wear a mask whenever I go to stay places like Target uh, or the grocery store, but I, I keep myself pretty far away from people. Uh, and I constantly, wa- I constantly wash my hands. Um, so while maybe I'm not wearing a mask, uh, unless I absolutely am told you need to be wearing a mask or else you have to leave. Um, you know, but I, I do other things to keep myself as healthy as possible. Um, but it's, I mean, this is—I mean, this is a real thing, and it's clear that nobody really knows what to do with it. Clearly, based on that article, it is moving uh, and affecting more younger people now, and than it was, you know, when this disease first kicked off. And that's a very—that's something that everybody should be really concerned or worried about, um, you know, because you know we're the we're the healthiest of the the demographics, and that's, sure. that's a scary. That's a scary thing. So it's um. It's wild, and I think that we're going to we're going to be continuing down this road for for many more months to come. I mean, I know that you're kind of getting out a little bit more in your day job, uh, but I'm actually, mm-hmm. as of right now, I'm stuck at home working from home till probably around September. And if that doesn't tell you anything, that's mm-hmm. then you should pay a little bit better attention. So it's uh it's gonna be a hell of a ride watching this this whole situation <laughs> unfold. So I uh, I agree, man. All right. I had to take a sip before I gave you my uh, <laughs> my headline here because my headline's great. <clears throat> Let's hear so it. obviously over the weekend, uh, for those that uh, aren't living under a rock, there's an election coming up, a presidential election <laughs> coming up. I'm sorry, Steve. What'd you say? Yeah, I don't know if you heard <laughs> of this or not, Travis. Uh, you might want to re-register to vote um, because uh, there's an election this November, and it's for the president <laughs> of the United States. Uh, and your boy uh, Donald Trump. Is running, and he decided to uh, host host a rally this weekend in Oklahoma, a state that has been getting absolutely their teeth kicked in when it comes to increased COVID cases since they started reopening in the last several weeks. Just FYI, 
And so, you know, if you've watched the news, you see how there's all these people camping out uh, days in advance for this rally at this convention center. And this article that I found basically said that this rally was an absolute bust. Um, and I'll read you a couple points because this was just so interesting to me. Um, you know, because Donald Trump was basically bragging at the fact that people were camping out, not giving a damn about the pandemic or, you know, basically showing support no matter what. Um, so apparently earlier in the day, which was Saturday, yesterday, um, uh, Trump was reportedly very disappointed because he saw pictures of uh, very small lines outside of the convention center in Tulsa where this rally was being held uh, a couple hours later. And by this point, he hasn't flown to Oklahoma yet. Hours later, the president was informed that six of his campaign staffers in Tulsa tested positive for coronavirus. So awesome there. Um, and then he got onto Air Force One. Um, he apparently received a report while he was in the air flying to this convention center that only 25 people had assembled uh, in this over flow space that the campaign had reserved uh, for, for a crowd that Trump was claiming was going to house or going to have around 40,000 people in it. Uh, 25 people, 40,000 people, pretty big difference. Uh, so anyway, all in all, it basically just kind of, kind of fell on its face. He went to this rally where there was very few people there. Uh, if you look at pictures, you can see that, uh, a convention center that should be absolutely packed with 40 to 100,000 people had a couple thousand people, I think. Um, like nobody were nobody was in the stands. Uh, it's, it's very, very comical. Um, and obviously he just continues to get absolutely shit on when it comes to how he's handling the pandemic, everything that's going on with the protests and, and everything like that. It just, it just really is, it, it's interesting, um, you know, because he, this is a man who he really has never been able to, say when he's wrong it's just not the kind of guy he is and so he just says what he wants and always believes he's right no matter what and then something like this happens and the entire world sees it and it's just the worse the outcome the worse it makes him look and i make you know i, I would i'd be lying if i said that i really i have a hundred percent confidence that trump's gonna get reelected in november uh just with everything that's going on and this is kind of another <laughs> Another kind of stepping stone towards that opinion that I have that he, this guy might lose in the election in November. And I don't know. It's just it's just very entertaining to watch uh, somebody just crash and burn when he has the cockiness that this guy has. I don't know. It's, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on that, man? <clears throat> I love that you brought this up. And um, I, uh, I will be the first to... Uh, to admit that um, some of my um, left-leaning friends would argue that even the things that Trump has done that a um, conservative guy like myself approves of, um, that those would be wrong, right? And so there's this there's this viewpoint generally that there's nothing Trump does is right. And in my personal opinion, I think that um, I think he's done some things. Um, making the law and um, I'm a favor of the tax cut. Um, 
I'm in favor of um, a general sweep of conservative judges that he's put in to place. Um, and there's a handful of other things that I am very much in favor of uh, that he's that he's done. One thing that I try to be completely honest and real about is when Trump sucks. Um, I want to say Trump sucks because um, I want to be the guy that um, folks listen to both on the right and the left and think, you know what, this guy drinks some beers. He likes to have fun. But, you know, what? at the end of the day, he is a very common sense and level headed middle of the road conservative guy. And. One of the things that I just cannot wrap my head around with Trump, and it's funny, I was actually talking with my father-in-law about it this morning, is this whole thing in Tulsa, dude. He's He is literally doing nothing but damaging his cause. And so on one side of the coin, right, he, right now he's getting just run through the mud because nobody showed up to his event. People were on his staff there, had COVID. He still was pushing the event through. So he's got shitty turnout. He's got people with COVID that were potentially going to be around him or certainly people that were around those folks that had gotten COVID would be around him. And he's increasing his, you know, opportunity and reach, I guess is the right word, to, to be around COVID. And then on top of that, he's pushing this event and people are making fun of him because nobody showed up. Now let's pretend for a second that the exact opposite happened and 100,000 people showed up. Mm-hmm. All he's doing is further cementing the folks that are true, like, oh my God, I love Trump. I'll vote for him no matter what. They're going to vote for him whether he does these events or not. And if 100,000 people showed up, then you get every middle-of-the-road conservative person that thinks that COVID is serious, which I would put myself in that viewpoint, going, why are you risking it to bring all these people to an event that is absolutely not needed? And so this is one of those times, and there's been a lot of them, unfortunately, over the last couple years, that... I'm I'm pretty disappointed in him. I think that I think that he if he had a little bit of humility and um, which he doesn't have any of that's pretty clear at this point. But if he had any little bit of humility, that this would have been a place to say, you know, there's no reason for these rallies. He can beat Joe Biden for crying out loud by not risking all of this and not making himself look like a bigger dump. So for fear of wasting 30 minutes getting on my soapbox here, um, I think my friends on the left did not put up a, a sizable opponent by any means. I think Biden is, um, frankly, a joke. Um, but Trump is doing nothing to help himself. His his reaction to George Floyd and his reaction to COVID have been just piss poor. And I just, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in what I've seen, man. I, I, I wish we had a little bit stronger leadership right now, but... I don't know. Those are my general thoughts, man. I I will say that I do think there are some things that he's done that has been pretty that has been okay. Um, I think with where we're at as a country on an economic standpoint, I actually would rather have him as our next <clears throat> reelected because I think I have more faith in Donald Trump to get us out of the economic issues we have right now than Joe Biden. Um, there's a lot of things. Uh, situations where I'd rather have him than Joe Biden on. Um, the, the last 30 days of everything that's happened, uh, I think it's very obvious that he doesn't really care about bringing a country together. No. Uh, um, and, that, you know, that, 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 ma- that makes me sad. Um, I, I did vote for him um, in 2016, and um, 
and I still think he is going to win, but I, I'm less convinced now than I, than I've ever been. Um, and you know, stunts like this, um, where he just got nothing but criticism for, for doing, for planning it this way and then doing it and then just watching the dumpster fire that happened of the turnout that was lacking, um, in comparison to what he wanted, it's just he's just continuing to just kind of dig himself into a hole that it's getting very evident that it's going to be harder and harder to to climb out of. And he might be one of the first president, one of the first presidents, at least in a long time, to not get reelected to a second term, which is, you know, the history making year that we've had this year at this point really wouldn't shock me. So, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. So such a big yeah. thing that was happening this weekend. And uh, I just I marvel at the fact that it was such a a non-success so um <laughs> you've got true. uh do you have uh, one more for me or nope nope okay. those were those were it i uh i did and i'm with you man on trump i uh i think as it gets further and further down the line here it's starting to feel a lot like i i i went into this thinking there's no way a guy like biden was going to beat him um and the more he keeps putting himself out there and the longer that biden gets to stay you know, for lack of a better word, and I don't mean to offend anybody here, but stays hidden during all this, um, the more his odds of losing become more and more obvious to me. And if nothing else, COVID has shown a real lack of leadership um, in the White House. And and I'm with you, dude. I think he's done some pretty good economic things. But I think that at the end of the day, I don't want to hang my hat on just being that economic guy that's like, hey, my stock portfolio looks way better. So I'm uh, I'm I'm voting for this guy and we're just going to keep rolling. You know, Um, it just it's unfortunate, man, because he could capture so much of um, so much so many more people in America if he had a little bit of humility and was a little bit more um, not as brash. So anyways, I'll get off my Trump. Trump thing. We'll have to do a full deep dive on an episode of that in the future if people like this kind of stuff. But um, anyway, That's great. I, I, I'm, I look I'm forward to doing that for sure. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, so that's a, that's going to kind of wrap everything up. So we're gonna we're gonna finish things off here with the with our shout out of the week. Um, and I've actually got two. Uh, obviously today is Father's Day, um, so we want to do a special shout out to all the fathers out there. Um, I, I hope that everybody had a chance to spend time with their children slash loved ones um, and really have a just a kind of a wonderful day. Cause it really was a great weekend. Weather was pretty decent. Um, and you know, hopefully you got out there and just kind of celebrated. Hopefully you got to share a couple cold ones as, as well. Uh, if you got the chance, my other one um, that I wanted to shout out was um, it's a place called Tiffany's diner. Now it's in it's in Maplewood, Missouri, and so my parents and I went to brunch on Saturday, and we were going to go somewhere else, uh, but you had to order online, and they didn't do dine-in, and so we were kind of walking around downtown Maplewood, and we came across this place called Tiffany's Diner. Have you have you had a chance to eat at this place before, Travis? No, I actually haven't. Uh, kind of a kind of a hole in the wall place. Um, obviously, it's it's been there for quite some time. Um, it was the first time that my, myself and my parents had a chance to, to go and eat in that established, I don't, establishment. I don't spend a whole lot of time in Maplewood. Um, but it was just an absolutely wonderful experience. Um, the, you know, they, they treated us with respect. Um, it's, it's, it's a place that obviously has a lot of regulars that come in every single day. Um, and they just kind of sat there, uh, while we were eating and, 
we just shared a wonderful conversation with with a bunch of just wonderful, hardworking people, and their food was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I ate an omelet, if you don't remember my egg story from earlier, um, and it was just absolutely, it was to die for. It was wonderful. Um, it is cash only, so if you do decide to go there, make sure you have cash on you, but uh, I can't wait to go back to this place, and if anybody that works there hears this or is listening, uh, you guys do a wonderful job. Uh, running this establishment um, and I hope more people hear this so that they can come and eat your wonderful food so shout out of the week uh, on our end goes to uh, Tiffany's Diner in uh, Maplewood Missouri so cheers to you guys cheers all righty so that is going to end our episode our special Father's Day episode of the happy hour hangout podcast um, want to make sure everybody remembers to reach us out on all the socials you can find us on twitter instagram and facebook um continue liking continue sharing especially the sharing part uh, we want to continue to get our messages across the world and if you do any uh five-star reviews on google um apple or, or spotify uh, we will share those reviews uh, on on the show so you got any final Final thoughts or prayers or words you want to give us there, buddy? <laughs> I do. Uh, I Unfortunately, we have to uh, congratulate our uh, our shithead of a friend, Matt Lakenberger, on, oh, uh, right. on winning on winning our uh, our twenty five dollar contest. I was hoping you wouldn't remember. So <laughs> we uh, if you haven't watched the video yet, it's pretty funny. Go out and find us on Instagram uh, at the happy hour hangout. And uh, it should be one of our first uh, or our last few posts. Uh, we did about a 15-minute Instagram live. Um, if we get positive enough feedback from that, quick quick side point, I think Steve and I are willing to do those on a uh, on a semi-regular basis. We we enjoyed it; it was fun, um, but we, we'd like it to be something that would be uh, super interactive. So, if that's something you like, let us know. Send us a DM or text us, um, and, and let us know what you think. Uh, but, anyways, Matt Lakenberger. Uh, I think the one person we both were rooting not to win <laughs> uh, decided to uh, to get lucky. And so uh, to shout out uh, Matt Lakenberger, he's the the side-by-side business guy down in uh, Cape Girardeau. Um, I think we owe it to him. So if you're in the business uh, and looking for uh, a side-by-side in <clears throat> southeast Missouri, look him up. Uh, he uh, he certainly would appreciate the business. And uh, we appreciate you listening, Matt, and uh, and all the support. So... Thank you again, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I got, man. Cheers, Matt Lickenberg. I still think Matt cheated somehow. I can't figure it out, but <laughs> yeah. I, this guy always wins these things, and it's, it's the most peculiar thing I've ever heard. So, uh, But yeah, the, the Instagram Live thing was actually a lot of fun, and I think that uh, we may try to do kind of like a Instagram Live you and me episode maybe once a month, once every other month, uh, depending on the feedback. So uh, keep, kind of keep an eye out for that. Um, well, thanks. Thanks again to everybody. Uh, one more special shout out to all the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day to you, Trav, and to everybody out there. Um, I guess we'll, have, we'll we'll end the episode with a uh, a Father's Day cheers. So one final time, yep. cheers to everybody. Have a wonderful cheers, week.